Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84LOU and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello everybody, I'm Lou Dobbs. Thanks for being with us here on the Great America Saturday show. The corrupt Marxist jackals over at the Department of Justice issued a stern warning this week to anyone who disobeys their orders. The DOJ announced they are seeking a prison sentence for Trump aide Peter Navarro for refusing to comply with the J6 Committee's subpoena from Liz Cheney's sham J6 Committee, mind you. The corrupt DOJ says they want six months in prison, a $200,000 fine for Navarro following his criminal conviction. Of course, making it all about Donald Trump. The DOJ wrote, quote, The defendant chose allegiance to former President Donald Trump over the rule of law, end quote. And he, quote, deserves severe punishment for it. Beware, folks, these people at the DOJ mean to do harm, and they are not only corrupt, they're evil. It's a shame the Republicans don't have the guts the Democrats have. Hunter Biden defied a subpoena earlier in December, doing exactly what Peter Navarro did, a contempt of Congress charge. He showed up at his contempt hearing to make a joke of it all, mocking the Republicans to their face. And the Republicans talked tough, but then did nothing. They said they'd hold him in contempt, but instead issued him another subpoena, begging him to show up for this one. He did eventually oblige. Hunter, along with six of his associates, will be sitting for closed-door depositions over the next month. The whole thing is just a massive joke to the Marxist Dems because the Republicans can't seem to get their act together. Our first guest today is Tom Fenton, president of Judicial Watch. And Tom, great to have you with us. It seems I always of late have to begin by congratulating you and Judicial Watch. It's remarkable how much effort you put into it and the results you get actually looking out for the American people and watching this government very closely. So my thanks to you personally and to Judicial Watch. 
Well, we're happy to do the work. And what's frustrating is it's it's not rocket science. And we just wish more would do what we're doing, especially those in responsible positions of government power. Well, it's right now speaking truth to power is a very important thing because certainly the Congress is not succeeding in doing so, despite its no question historically low uh, margin uh, of uh, control of the House. But still, it seems the Republican Party in large measure has lost its way when they should be the party of the loyal opposition and doing far more than they are doing, uh, with the exception of the investigating committees of the of the judiciary, the oversight and ways and means committees. It's uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's not it's not pleasant to watch a weak leadership doing uh, doing few things, in my judgment, correctly. Your thoughts on Mike Johnson, uh, if, if I can start there. Uh, you know, Speaker Johnson is the first conservative movement activist to be Speaker of the House. You know, that's no small feat. Right. Uh, so, you know, my 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 instinct is to be, uh, you know, to give him a chance and breathing room. But, you know, as president of Judicial Watch, I got to call it as I see it. And what I see is what an, what an effect is a plan, which has been consistent with prior speakers, to fully fund everything we hate, including the invasion of the United States, the uh, destruction of our Republican form of government and rule of law with these targeting uh, with these prosecutions of President Trump and other innocents, the censorship of Americans, et cetera. And I'm not seeing any willingness by Speaker Johnson to say, I'm not going to fund X, Y, or Z and pick one. And um, and I understand the challenges of doing that. And maybe he doesn't succeed or not. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be able to vote for uh, to fund uh, Joe Biden moving millions of illegal aliens to every town in America. I, I just can't imagine why this has happened. And it's consistently happened over the last year or two. Republican, the Republican controlled House has complained about all this illicit activity by Biden while at the same time fully funding it. Now, maybe they can square those two issues. I can't. And so I don't think they deserve an out on that. Yeah. And I agree with you. And he goes down to the border with 60, apparently 60 representatives in tow with him and acts as if it's the first time that he's understood that there is a crisis in the country, even though we've had 10 to 12 million illegal immigrants brought into this country in the course of three years from the day that Joe Biden took over. Uh, And they keep talking about two and a half million, three million. We all know the numbers are vastly larger than that. Uh, And we also know uh, that this uh, speaker uh, then uh, subsequently, uh, subsequent to that visit, says uh, the border is an issue we'll die on. Uh, that isn't the way to, to that's I hate the rhetoric. Uh, I do, I guess, like the sentiment, but he put it in the most negative terms possible. And by the way, every time he said anything approaching that, uh, he has uh, relented and withdrawn uh, from the issue rather than going up to, to take that hill. Uh, yeah, so, you know, so I don't and, know what to make of it. Yeah, you know, and and it's not like we're getting any fiscal benefits for giving up on these policy issues. Not that they say they don't say they're giving up, but they're essentially setting up a situation where it's impossible for our policy um, desires to pass, mainly address these crises. I mean, it'd be one thing to say, well, we don't have the votes for a border. 
But I tell you, we're cutting the budget by 20% because inflation's destroying the land. Yeah, so exactly. it's, it's, it's like I'm trying to see where the winds are here for those of us who have a conservative outlook and are concerned about the future of the republic. And to me, we don't have any time to waste. This is not like, oh, we can get to the border next year or we can get to the jailing of Trump next year. Well, if you don't do it with it now, you, there may not be a next year, practically speaking, in terms of being right. able to deal with any of this, in terms of having a, a functioning republic. And you, you couldn't be more right. And this time uh, it is not, uh, there's just no uh, element here of figurative speech. Uh, with this election on November 5th, 2024, uh, we're going to decide whether or not we have a republic or not. Uh, I truly believe that, Tom. Uh, if Donald Trump is not reelected and in charge of this government on January 20, uh, 2025, this country is it will be in deep, deep and I, I'm afraid mortal crisis because th this is a takeover of the federal government by the Marxists. It is a takeover following have they're having taken over the Democrat Party. Uh, there is nothing happening in Washington, D.C. right now in the executive branch that is remotely positive and in the national interest or the interest of the American people, do you think? I mean, we've got this corruption and this abuse of power, right, which is troubling as it is. And then you've got this collapse of our the national command structure of the United States military uh, with the Defense Secretary Austin being AWOL, effectively for a week without his colleagues knowing about it, the ones who are responsible, namely the president, the national security advisor, and his top deputy. Right. I mean, that that's downright scary. Well, it is scary, and uh, it's going to get scarier, folks, because Tom Fitton, the president of Judicial Watch, and I are going to be talking about what Judicial Watch is doing uh, in addition to filing a $30 million uh, wrongful death and negligence lawsuit against the U.S. government in behalf of Ashley Babbitt, uh, her estate, uh, and her uh, and her uh, husband. Uh, we're going to take up all the other uh, initiatives undertaken by Judicial Watch to try to save this republic. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs Tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. 
Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're back now. We're talking with Judicial Watch's Tom Fitton. And Tom, the lawsuit that you filed against the U.S. government uh, on behalf of Ashley Babbitt, it is it is stunning to me that not a single legislator, uh, representative of the House or Senate, anyone has taken up her cause over uh, this time since January 6. Uh, and thank you for doing so. And the, the information that you've already developed and revealed in your uh, the papers and filings that you've made, I, I, I think will astonish most Americans, don't you? Yeah, I think it's trouble. You know, I, I think it's troubling not only as president of Judicial Watch, but as a citizen who's obviously watched this as other Americans have. It's a $30 million wrongful death lawsuit for Aaron Babbitt, his, her widower and her state. And it shows that Lieutenant Michael Byrd, the U.S. Capitol Police officer, worked for Congress. The, the defendant is the federal government. You know, he's a federal employee in the end. Uh, you know, shot her without justification. I, I'm. I've talked to you about this before, Lewis. You know, I've watched the video repeatedly for obvious reasons. And forget about the lawsuit and all that. Just personally watching it time and time again, the first thing I think is, I can't believe he shot her. I can't believe he shot her. I just can't believe it. And certainly any police officer or honest law enforcement official or frankly, you know, uh, alert citizen would see that's not a right, correct shooting. So we know the rules were all broken uh, that the U.S. Capitol Police had by Byrd in that shooting. Uh, we know separately that uh, after he shot her, uh, he issued a call on the radio, shots fired, shots fired, and suggested shots were being fired at him when, in fact, he was the only person who shot. So what was he doing then? Was he trying to create a cover or just further highlights the impropriety of what he had done. And then, of course, he had a record suggesting he should have been nowhere near that situation. He was, and by the way, he was incident commander there. So he was one of the top security officials at the, in the House that day. And he had left his loaded weapon in a bathroom in the Capitol Visitor Center, which is the major way visitors and tourists and such enter the U.S. Capitol complex. I don't know how long you lost the gun for, but it was found by someone else. And then secondly, he shot at his own car because it looks like some juveniles were trying to steal it. And, you know, that was a crazy shoot, too. Bullets were uh, went all over by by the account we understand happened. So uh, it, 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 was a, it was a horrible situation. And Ashley Babbitt was needlessly killed. And because her death um, and this the reality of it, uh, was harmful to the last January 6th narrative. Uh, uh, Lieutenant Byrd wasn't held accountable. He wasn't criminally prosecuted. I don't know whether he, you know, whether he should have been or not. We can't trust the Justice Department to have considered it fairly. That's for sure. Under Joe Biden, and then separate, separately, the U.S. Capitol Police, uh, the you know, the Pelosi operation there 
had no interest in holding him accountable either administratively. So it's up to us to do this through this lawsuit. And, you know, Ashley deserves justice. And so that's what we're trying to achieve here. And, and good for you. And I, I think you're exactly right. There's more at work here, though, than simply a, a, a tragic shooting uh, and a misunderstanding about various aspects of it. You know, I did not realize he had sent out that radio call until I read your uh, your your filings that it had occurred that within one minute of that shooting, he is uh, coming up with a fictional cover uh, saying shots fired and he's prepared to uh, uh, to fire uh, in return. Uh, it, I mean, that's a bizarre thing to have happened, but it is also you don't have to be, um, you know, to, to me, you don't have to be a, a very uh, in, <laughs> diligent or uh, a brilliant uh, detective to say, you know, that looks like somebody's trying to cover something up. Yeah, and then you, yeah, and, yeah, and then, yeah. And then you go through, the, as you said, and as you go through this. He's put in a the the distinguished visitors uh, suite at uh, Andrews Air Force Base. I mean, this is designed for military, high military officers, and he's there not for a night, not for two nights, and not for any ostensible reason other than to keep him out of public view. And he's there for six months for crying out loud. Is there any explanation for that? other than they wanted to keep him out of the public view and hide him from the, the media? Yeah, uh, it's a, it's incredible. Um, I remember, we didn't even know what his name, what, 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 what his identity was, you know, what his name was mm -hmm. until months after the shooting. Right. I mean, some folks had guessed who he was, but that wasn't official, you know, so you didn't know. And, and it was clear his identity was, uh, they tried to hide because if his identity became known, this other background information we were able to uncover, and certainly there was a story well known about him leaving the gun behind, uh, wouldn't have been helpful. So they tried to stall as long as they could. Um, and, in, in, you know, again, you don't have to be a detective, as you say. You don't have to be a, a, a police officer or a law enforcement official. We've all seen how we handle police shootings in this day and age, right? Whether they're justified or seemingly unjustified. You don't want to be, you know, if you holster, if you unholster your gun and fire it and you're a police officer, you can you can expect significant investigation that did not occur for Lieutenant Byrd. It simply did not occur. And he was given um, a, a, a kid gloves treatment in a way no other officer would have been. And, you know, given the obvious circumstances of the shooting, uh, uh, he, sh he should have faced a severe sanction. Coming next, the Federal Aviation Administration wants to hire disabled people to work at the agency. Nothing off the table, says the FAA. They're recruiting blind and deaf people, people with mental disabilities, psychological disabilities. Conservative author and scholar Heather McDonald joins us here next. Stay with us right here on The Great America Show. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now is Heather McDonald. Her latest book is When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of Equity Sacrifices Excellence, Destroys Beauty, and Threatens Lives. Heather, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. I appreciate you so much. Everything that you do, your voice is critically important to this country. I just want to know what you think of what is happening right now, the Marxist left, the Marxist Dems, outdoing themselves, using diversity as an excuse to put in the FAA people with serious psychiatric problems, mental disabilities. This is deeply disturbing. Your thoughts? Well, people have to be summon the courage to say that standards are not racist, they're not sexist, they're not classist, they're not, uh, you know, anti-disabilist. Colorblind, neutral standards are the way that a civilization saves itself, improves itself, saves people from, from premature death through poverty and squalor. And yet, we are so terrified to speak about the, in, in the case of race uh, diversity, to speak about the massive academic skills gaps that prevent the facile attainment of diversity under neutral colorblind sta- standards, that we're willing to simply destroy those standards in favor of mediocrity. Americans turn their eyes away because they are so well-meaning, uh, they believe in racial etiquette, and they don't want to, to take, bring attention to the pathological inner-city culture that is resulting in massive academic skills gaps, and, and instead they're willing to put their own lives at risk through things like telling the FAA that it's more important that they get diverse flight controllers than ones who have the skills, the academic skills, the IQ, the, the motor coordination uh, to, to handle keeping planes safe in the air rather than crashing into each other. In the name of diversity, for crying out loud, uh, it's it, it boggles the mind. It, it is it, it, it's just impossible to understand how we've gotten to this position uh, in our society, in our culture, in our politics. Uh, and I have to say, right now, uh, as we're watching uh, the the caucuses unfold in in, in Iowa, and a selection of a president. Uh, I hope it's an election of a president, I should say, uh, an election of a president. And we have a group of people. The, the Democrat Party is now the Marxist Party in this country. And we have people who just don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to acknowledge that everything we saw over the course of the past couple of months at MIT, UPenn, uh, uh, at uh, Harvard, uh, the, at Cornell, we're we're watching a, a these are indoctrination factories uh, in matter of fact, I mean, they're a left wing scam. They're they're a program to subsidize left wing Marxist 
uh, professors and give them an assured uh, income and sinecure that uh, will keep them sustained. Uh, it has nothing to do really with education. It's about student loans. It's about uh, these these ridiculous demands of DEI, CRT, you name it. I, I really think that higher education right now is a, is a scam for the left. It absolutely is. It's a combination of deliberate mediocrity and deliberate uh, propaganda. You know, there's another aspect of universities that the right doesn't really talk enough about, which is that they have grown so bloated, they are, they are simply machines to try and get as many warm bodies on you know, first-year seats who then are going to mostly drop out because because these students who've been recruited through this incredibly obsessive effort on the part of university bureaucrats, they've got, they're, they're like these capitalist machines. They've got yield specialists and, and retention specialists uh, all trying to just be like hucksters selling snake oil to get these students in. They don't care whether they're capable or not. All they want is that first year deposit uh, to, so they can have a, a bigger budget in order to hire more bureaucrats. Um, and the degree of bureaucracy that is all dedicated to the fact that students are not prepared. We have far too many people going to college, far too many. But the, the, the liberal assumption, and sometimes also I'm sad to say the conservative assumption, is that unless you have a college degree, your life is basically over. You will live a life of of you know, thwarted ambition, thwarted capacity. You will never be able to develop yourself to your full potential. That's completely wrong. There are so many professions, occupations, skills that have nothing to do with what has become, in most cases, totally bogus degrees. I mean, a, mar a degree in marketing, you should not go to college for a degree in marketing. You should go to college if you want to study the classics, if you want to read Aeschylus and Euripides and, and Sophocles and the great works of philosophy, of, of Western literature, of art, if you want to study very demanding science. You should not be doing, you know, some pseudo- uh, com communications degree, but this is simply so that these colleges can continue expanding their student body. And the right has to start speaking very clearly, Lou, about the dignity and beauty of of crafts, and part of the reason why we don't talk about uh, hands-on skills is because males are more inclined to to figure things out, to want to work with machines, to tinker, to develop, and we are living in an anti-male culture right now. Females are much more obedient, docile, you know, they're taking over the universities, uh, both in student body and faculty and in administration, and so we want to perpetuate something that, that females up to a certain point do better than males. Now at the absolute top end of math skills, of STEM cell skills, uh, males still trounce females. But I, at the average level, females are better at sitting in seats and, you know, writing their, their, their mostly empty verbiage papers. Um, but, but colleges are, are absolutely 
uh, a betrayal of what they should be at this point. And, and again, I'm not even getting to the ideology that made the pro-Hamas mass collective outbreak of psychosis of supporting terrorists an absolute inevitability, Lou. Yeah, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I really do. Because you, you, I mean, there are a host of issues, contributing factors to all of this. But the reality is that you've got so many of these young people on ca- college and university campuses who really don't have a, a, a study path, uh, a concentration, a major. Uh, they're, and they're, what's, what better to do than to tear down all of the institutions of society and uh, cheer on uh, the Iranian-backed terrorists, uh, whether they're Hamas or Hezbollah, the Houthis, you name it. Uh, we're going to take all of that up with Heather McDonald. Stay with us. We're coming right back. Lou Dobbs here. I'm delighted to let you all know that the program Lou Dobbs Tonight has returned to the air. That's right. Lou Dobbs Tonight is back. We're live each and every weeknight at 7 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Central on rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. That's rumble.com slash Lou Dobbs. I hope you'll be joining us for Lou Dobbs Tonight as our fight to save this country has only begun. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back now with Heather McDonald. And Heather, we hear lots of people, and I'm sh- I'm shocked by some of the people who use the word progressive because they're uh, in opposition both politically and ideologically to Democrats. But they refuse to use the word Marxist when describing a Barack Obama or the Biden administration or regime's policies or, you know, they're anti-America. They're pro. They are absolutely embedded in uh, Marxism and and they refuse to call the Democrats Marxist when I think that's precisely what they are without exception. Well, I actually would preserve Marxism for something that is much more focused on destroying uh, free markets and capitalism. Now, you can say that, well, the overregulation uh, that Biden is doing, the insanity of the green energy uh, mission, the insanity of believing that you can make everybody drive electrical vehicles without impover- impoverishing us, all of us by bringing down the electrical grids, uh, that that is anti-capitalist. But it is not, I I don't think that is in service of a 
absolutely unreachable environmental goal. I don't think it's driven by the same hatred and belief in class revolution that drives Marxism. I, I think it's something uh, worse and less interesting because Marxism at least had some interesting things to say about what was going on in the 19th century with the development of this new form of capitalism and, and workers, proletarian workers in factories that is very different than than how human beings had organized their economies in previous centuries. And so we can, we can disagree with Marx's uh, conclusions, but, but some of his observations, I think, were, were not uh, fanciful. What's going on, more, I think, is even worse, which is a hatred for all of Western civilization. It's a civilization deemed too white and too male. Uh, and for that reason, it has to come down. Uh, so this is this is beyond something much more than than economics. It's about the very possibility of people striving for excellence without being told that by virtue of being white, male, and heterosexual, they are going to be at the absolute bottom of the heap when it comes to getting jobs, when it comes to college admissions, admissions to law school, medical school, advancement in medical school, becoming a doctor. Uh, if you have a, a, a son or a grandson who is white and heterosexual, he's going to have a very difficult time competing on his merits for the rest of his life. Life. He's going to be handicapped by hatred. Handicapped by hatred, uh, and I and I will. I, I want to just take a moment to explain uh, why I think that that Marxist uh, uh, template works uh, in this instance, and that is because we saw in the '60s and the '70s a shift in this country away from the the Marxists who were following the usual prescription, that is, talking about class warfare, talking about the proletariat uh, and, and the revolution that they expected. They they were disappointed in every uh, at every turn, nearly, in the United States, uh, the unique American experience. So what they did was they, in my judgment, they shifted to education. They shifted to professionals, uh, professions. Uh, they shifted to the, uh, politics, and they and they flew under false flags for the longest time. Uh, they the Great Society uh, under Johnson, for example, moved government uh, just lavishly across the 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 entire scope of governance. And what we have now is a government that is uh, inculcated into uh, government and, uh, in, in my judgment, a state ownership uh, of property and control. It's inculcated throughout our government. The Marxists are in charge of the Democrat Party. They are in charge of the permanent bureaucracy. They are in charge of every agency and every department of the federal government. Uh, and by the way, they are now coexisting with corp the corporatists, the corporate globalists, uh, and uh, it's, to me, straightforwardly, we are moving so far from capitalism uh, that it's getting very, very tricky when we talk about markets, because these markets are regulated to a point uh, that's remarkable. And, and by the way, being international markets now, not simply domestic markets, uh, they, we are connected as we've never been uh, to uh, the other civilizations, if you will, and the other uh, countries around the world. 
we're 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 an international nation now. I think, without doubt. Well, that's definitely true. I mean, we certainly believe that we have no right to insist on our own uh, inherent culture. That we must be have our immigration policy determined by people living outside the country based on their whim to get here, not based on what people within the country believe in. Uh, there's no question. I was talking to a, a guy in Middle Eastern Studies in University of Pennsylvania, and he explicitly said, we in, in that universities are supposed to be uh, go beyond nationalists. We're supposed to be post-nationalists. He actually said that, mm-hmm. and therefore he thought that why do the Jews get away with believing Believing in Zionism, he thought this was unfair on a college campus, and that that uh, people that believe in Israel were violating what should be now the dominant academic ideology. But I'm just going to push back again, Lou, for the sake of an interesting discussion. Uh, you know, I I don't think there there's a theory out there among conservatives that this was all a deliberate uh, plan, the long march through the institutions, to quote Marcuse. I just don't believe it. I think it was incremental. I don't think there was anybody like some sort of communist five-year plan that set out to take things over. I think there was pressure to expand government welfare. There was a a race ideology that we had to uh, atone for our centuries of of racial abuse and, and, and hatred and cruelty. So we're going to expand the welfare state. But we are not as as much as we are in many instances destroying a lot of freedom of entrepreneurs to to make decisions and and you respond to market signals we are not close to destroying free markets nobody the the hollywood moguls and the tech moguls that are the the big supporters of the democratic party really do not fear that they're going to have to uh give up their their industrial enterprises for for a national takeover you know we're not going to nationalize google or or amazon uh you know some of these people jeff bezos he is a capitalist par excellence so i again i i don't think it was a plan and the only thing you know the the other thing that conservatives who who say oh cultural marxism they say well marxism has hierarchies it says there's good people and bad people categorically cultural marxism does the same thing you're you're bad if you're white. You're good if you're an underrepresented minority. Therefore, the same. I I think that obscures more than it it clarifies because again, this is driven by uh, a, a an identity ideology, not a hatred for the free market. I I would I would I would love if I thought that all of these idiot young people were really at risk of losing their access to their Starbucks and their and their smartphones. But, no. you know, the, the free market is going to continue pumping out these goodies, even as these idiots don't deserve them for an instant. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Our guests here tomorrow on the Great America Sunday Show will be Congressman Andy Biggs and America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Please join us for that tomorrow and each and every day. And please join us for Lou Dobbs tonight on Rumble, Twitter, Apple TV, Frank Speech, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Follow me on Twitter and True Social at Lou Dobbs, Facebook and Instagram at Lou Dobbs Tonight. 
And by the way, check out LouDobbs.com. Thank you, everybody. God bless you, and may God bless America.